Right guys, how are things? Ryan Bailey here, bringing you episode number 13 of the Ball Talk podcast. In today's podcast, I was joined by former Cork senior footballer Daniel Goulding. And this podcast, we went through Daniel's career with Cork, uh, winning the All-Ireland, the future of football and the future of Cork football as well. And we went through his My 15 selection too, which will be at the end of the podcast. Before we go any further, I want to give a shout out to today's sponsor, the same as every Friday as well, uh, Adapt Athletic Performance and Therapy. You can find them on Instagram at adapt underscore Sligo or if you're watching this on YouTube, you can click the link uh, in the description of the video. Go over there, give them a follow, uh, give the Ball Talk page a follow as well to, to get any updates of when podcasts are coming out. So yeah, that's the intro done and uh, I hope you enjoyed the podcast. How are we keeping? Daniel, how's things? Good by yourself? I'm good, I'm good. All is well. All is good, can't complain. Good stuff. Uh, thanks for joining me on the podcast. No problem at all. Good stuff. Uh, we're, we're rolling from the off now. So yeah, so... Um, Ideal, yeah. Ideal. Well done. Uh, how's, how's life treating you? You're, well, the country's opening back up again, news. Yeah, it's not too bad. Um, I suppose I, I was working from home all, all, all along, so I had some bit of structure and... Uh, I have a, a baby girl now, she's nearly two as well, so um, I'm kept busy. Yeah, yeah, kept on your toes. Kept on your toes, yeah, and then do a bit of training then on my own, and we're back together now in groups of six or seven, so we're not too bad. Good stuff. Uh, I, I didn't actually hear the announcement myself this evening. There's an announcement, supposedly, the, the football's coming back a bit sooner than we, than we thought. I didn't actually hear anything. Yeah, supposedly, it was supposed to be the 20th of July, but they're on about bringing it forward to the 29th of June, so... Okay. Can we back yeah. on the fields, back in the field quicker? Um, yeah, great. So um, I suppose Daniel will start off. We'll just start off with the return to football. Um, seeing as it's it's happening right now, there's a lot of people with mixed opinions on on going back. I know there's a lot of clubs that are leaving it up to the players if they want to go back if yeah. they feel comfortable going back. What's your stance personally on it? Do you feel comfortable going back into close contact? Yeah, it's look. It's it's a funny one. Um, I was kind of an off the ball a couple of weeks ago and I was thinking the cases were still high enough and I was thinking there's no way with social distancing in place that we can go back playing. But there must be a certain degree of confidence within the government, especially that the cases are very low and almost gone from the community. Yeah. Um, I, I couldn't see I couldn't see the J being left to it otherwise. Um, but yeah, I don't know, when, when social distancing is still in place, it's a funny one that you'll be allowed to go to training on Monday week and have contact. Um, yeah. Like, you can't, uh, you can't fault any person who doesn't want to go back training. Um, I suppose it's down to everyone's own, own personal decision. Yeah, sure, we even see it in the, like the Premier League back now. And I think over in England, we've seen it on the news or whatnot, that England were a bit behind us in the way they were approaching things. But now they've got, the football back and there's even players over there that are saying that they're not going back yet I think it was one I think it was Troy Deeney the Watford player he said that he wasn't going back so I suppose it's up to everybody what they what they want to do yeah it is and of course everyone has different circumstances there's some people live with their parents maybe who are elderly or have some people have families with underlying conditions it's just it's going to be a very uh, personal choice for everyone but um, it will be interesting to see how the government relax um, the social distancing and then, uh, before we go back playing actual games. Be, uh, I suppose because there's no social distancing in the game, so it's going exactly. to be uh, it's going to be very interesting over the next couple of weeks. And what's the crackdown there in Cork? Is there a structure put in for the championship, or 
No, not yet. There was um, there was communications last week saying that uh, they were reviewing it and they're waiting on the county fixtures to come out first. And also, they want to keep the structure that they proposed at the start of the year. So that was 12, 12 teams in every grade and four groups of, or three groups of four. Okay. But um, to me, that seems very tight to be running off in 11 weeks. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see will they change. Yeah, I know that they're so doing something similar in Sligo. They're trying to they're trying to keep with the plan that they had in place, but at the same time, yeah. they're giving alternatives as well. Um, I suppose it's it's hard to it's hard to know what to do really, like because you want to have as little games as possible, but give everyone a chance and get back into the swing yeah. of playing and stuff. Yeah, I think I think no matter what happens, you're not going to please everyone. Um, mm. Like it's going to be more difficult for dual clubs if you're playing hurling one week football then the next week. Um, and then if they go on blocks, if you put hurling or football first on its own, the inter-county teams are going to suffer. One of them are going to suffer. So, um, exactly, yeah. hard, deci- hard decisions to be made for all the county boards. Listen, Daniel, um, we'll go to your career with Cork. So you had a just over 10-year career with Cork, am I right? Yeah, see, I was with the seniors for nearly 10 years, yeah. Yeah, and... Uh, I suppose the big the big win there was in 2010. We were only talking about this there a few weeks ago. Um, myself and one of the lads who's he's from he plays with Gable Rangers. I know yeah. is that fair from you or not? But um, oh no, drive I'd say early. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, it just shows how yeah. big Cork is. But, yeah, absolutely. Uh, we were talking about that year in 2010. It's probably a, a neutral's dream. Like there was all there was no big dominance in any province or whatever if you like you know yourself what I mean mm. and Cork obviously winning the All-Ireland um, talk us through that year like your, your approach to it you were just I suppose before Dublin came into their own and, and being the dominant team that they have been yeah it was um, it was a crazy year really I suppose we um, lost to Kerry after a replay in the first round um, in Parky Cueve, we went to Parky Cueve then extra time and lost, and uh, then into the full backdoor system. So we had three backdoor games before we got to a quarter final. Um, could have been beaten by Wexford in Wexford Park. Uh, Limerick took us extra time, um, and I suppose we'd actually played much better football in 2009. We were uh, we were really firing all cylinders in 2009, and I suppose the Dublin game probably we kind of ghosted our way into semi-final the Dublin game kind of really changed our season and uh, I think we're three four points down with a couple of minutes left and Colm O'Neill came on and won a couple of great frees and Dunica started them over and then got the penalty and probably gave us that confidence to go into the final and, and push on and win it um, watching the final we actually didn't even play that well uh, we, we kind of we upped it an awful lot for the last 20-25 minutes and that probably got us over the line but the first half was full of probably poor play and nerves combination of both. And um, we were lucky to only go in maybe three points down against Down at half time in the final. Yeah. And like, even with Down as well, it was, as I said, a neutral's dream. You've got two teams, as he said, coming yeah. in the back door. And I know Down came in the back door as well because we went up. Um, yeah. They kicked 50 shades of nothing out of Sligo that day yeah. above and Cavan. So it's. It's actually hard when you look back and it's 10 years ago, it seems like only yesterday, but it's still 10 years ago, all the same. It's hard to see something like that happen again, two teams going through the back door and, yeah. and winning all out. Yeah, I think it is. And I remember at the time there was a big euphoria about Down. Uh, they were playing super football. They'd never been beaten in an all Ireland final. Uh, they were the only team that could beat Kerry 
um, all these things were thrown out and it was it was fully deserved they were in the final um, I think Marty Clark Benny Coulter they they great players like and I suppose it just shows yeah uh, we went in as huge favourites in that final but when it comes down to a final and the nerves come in and there's everything is on the line uh, they're so hard to win mm. and I suppose it just shows how incredible that that Dublin team is at the moment that they seem to find a way no matter I was watching the the 2017 game there it was on the TG4 on on Sunday and like Mayo should have won that game but just it's amazing that what what happens in finals and, and how they always play out there's always something big happens in them yeah and that that rivalry he had with Kerry it's something that probably in the last last few years now maybe there's games where Kerry might pull away in, in monster finals or semi-finals going back to probably especially around the time that she won the All-Ireland, how intense was that rivalry, like on the field, like walking onto the field and being in the heat of battle as well? Yeah, look, it was, it was pretty intense. Um, we played each other, I'd say, two years, I'd say eight and nine, we played each other six, six times in championship. We drew, drew in both seasons and we played each other in Crow Park as well. And... Um, I suppose they always had just that, that little bit over us in the big games. Um, couldn't win down in Clarny. Got, I think, four draws down there. Huge crowds every game. Huge buzz for the, for the weeks leading into it. Um, got them to Crow Park as well. Lost, lost a replay by a point. Lost an all-around final by two or three points. Just They always seem to have that, that knack over us in the really killer games. Um, but like, as to be part of those games was incredible. They were just like every day there was someone else, big player standing up, and just the atmosphere there was was amazing. And I suppose we hated losing to them, and we loved beating them. And I suppose yeah. that that never changed. Like you see, in fairness to both teams, whenever we had the upper hand in them, we'd try and hammer it home, and and they do the same to us. And unfortunately, with the last couple of years, uh, they've probably done a more so to us. And in that in that rivalry, there's a lot of rivalries in in every sport. That there's some are kind of friendly enough rivalries, but some are there's a bit of bitterness and there's bite in it. You could tell on the field there was a lot of, like there were some heated moments in that in in the Kerry Cork games. Was that something that carried on carried off the field, or were you all sound with each other like good mates off the field as well, after? Um, it's funny. Like I wouldn't have talked to many of the the Kerry lads through the years. Um, and it wasn't out of bitterness or anything. It was just that we generally didn't have any any, any interactions with each other. Um, right. Bar going to Bar going to college with um, went to college with Brian Shee and Darren Sullivan and um, Brendan Keeley, and they were play away great crack with them in dress rooms and stuff. But kind of beyond that, there was no for me personally. There was no real friendships. Um, maybe at the time it was because of the we were playing each other so often, and you just wanted to, to keep to yourself. But um, yeah, I never really played out that way because I know you'd hear of the old 90s team and they're great friends with some of the Kerry lads and some of the mean lad, mead lads. Yeah. But I suppose for me personally, it just never panned out that way for, for whatever reason. I wouldn't say it was because we had a, a crazy rivalry though. And you were saying there uh, in college, of course, you won a Sigerson, Sigerson title with uh, IT down Cork, if that's, yeah. if that's right. Um, yeah. it's, it's something that I've spoken about with a few, of the, a few of the lads that have been on the podcast who have... Uh, either won Sigerson's or got to Sigerson finals. Um, how important is it? Does, like, there's a lot of lads that go to college and they just say, you know, I, I'll, you know, we're we're playing all summer and then I want to give football a bit of a break. 
How important do you think it is for lads to play football in college? God, um, oh, I absolutely love that competition. I, I was lucky enough, I played six years of it. Um, got to two weekends, won one of them. Um, thoroughly enjoyed it. You got to play with, as I said, you got to play with the, the Kerry lads. There was a couple of great lads from other Munster uh, counties there. Um, playing against the cream of the crop. Um, tactics weren't back in 2010 anyway and all those kind of years tactics weren't crazy it was all about the football really and just like really high quality teams like we beat dcu in the quarter final year we won it in cit after extra time and they, they had a, a full intercounty team made up of players from all over the country and yeah. it was to beat them um was it was one of the best games i've, I've ever been probably part of um the year we won it as well, we wouldn't have been that well known as a team. We were just all on the fringes of getting on inter-county and into the various inter-county teams. So we all probably had a bit of a point to prove and that definitely fed into the success we had that year. Okay, and uh, if I might be saying as well, was that, the, that was the first Sigerson final that CIT had got to as well? Yeah, it's the, the only one, yeah. So we'd have, um, we always get the UCC lads if we're ever slagging they always have slagged us. We only had to win three games. We we were hosting it, so we got a bye. We got into quarter final and then beat NUIG and DIT in the final all in all in CIT. So um, this is probably the biggest and you'll ever win. But um, <laughs> just the crack after it, even the two or three days of celebrations were just unreal. Just great crack with fellas that you 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 only know for a short period of time, and you know you kind of bond very quickly because that's the nature of the competition. You're only playing together for three, four months and you know, yeah. this is uh we had a great manager at the time as well. We Keith Ricken was uh the current Cork under twenty manager was training us and Tony Leahy who would have uh coached me to non twenty one all Ireland was involved as well. So we had a great setup. Good stuff. I know I'm kind of bouncing around different topics here and uh, putting you on your toes a small bit. But um just looking and it's in your, your team selection there, we're gonna do that in the second part but in a few minutes yeah. time. Um but there's a lot of guys let's say from that around that 2010 era, the likes of yourself that would have three, four monster titles, have a few national leagues as well. Um, a few, you got all stars too. And in the last few years with the, I suppose the rise of Kerry again, um, and competing in all Ireland finals and stuff, probably 10, let's say 2010 in all Ireland this year. Now you've got a lot of, a lot of promise in Cork. You've got the, the minor win last year and the under-20s as well. Um, do you see between that minor group, the under-20 group, and the lads are there already, do you see a team in a few years' time that can challenge Dublin if, they're, if Dublin are still at the level there now? Um, I think you'd definitely be hoping so. Um, I think there's a lot of talent within the county and the right, the right structures have been put in place for the last... Um, the last couple of years a minor and under 20 and you can see they're really benefiting like I, I suppose what struck me out of the minor and 20 team that won last year was their athleticism number one but they were really good footballers they're all great football ability and I think if you can get three or four of them from both teams to come through into the into the senior setup and then you have the likes of Ian Maguire and Mark Collins and those fellas kind of setting the right culture in there um, I think they have an opportunity to, to kind of really get back into all Ireland and uh, Super 8s and challenge for All-Ireland in a couple of years' time. Um, I think they gave a glimpse of what they can do last Sorry, I'm just putting my phone on time. Um, they, gave, they gave a glimpse of uh, what they could do last year. Um, 
but like I suppose the key for that now is to to build on it and they started in the right way they were they were coasting to promotion in division three um and I think like the culture had probably been a bit off there with the last couple of years and I think it's it's really back back kind of a, a strong culture in the dressing room now full of there's leaders coming there Rory Dean um obviously in Maguire Mark Collins all these lads and you're getting you're getting Kieran Sheen back into the mix who would have a wealth of experience from Australia as well and they can all be very positive influences on the young lads coming in and um like I think it is promising and I like what Ronan has achieved this year I suppose and hopefully will do in the championship I think like if they can keep keep it going that it won't be long before they're at least back in Super 8 consistently definitely and like even watching the the minors and the and the other 20s whether it be monster finals or all Ireland finals or whatever this year they do play an attractive style of football it's it's just very easy watched because I know there's a lot of people that are that aren't gone on the way football is going at the moment, and there's, you know, it, it's they reckon it's not as exciting as it as it once was. But there yeah. are great, there were great teams to watch this year. Uh, absolutely, I was at the I was at two, the two All Ireland finals last year, and the minors were incredible. Um, never gave up. We're down. We're down a goal with time up. Yeah. Game gone. Got a savage goal. Worked it. Then, like I was, I was at the game in Port Leash against Dublin, and we were saying after Corvino, "Oh my God, this is going to be the worst ever." And like they just stuck to their plan, and the football they played to get back into that game was incredible. And you have uh, an array of forwards that can score from anywhere, and mm. like if you can keep harnessing those lads, um, like Sulmani and Cronin, um, like if you can keep them kind of committed to the cause, and I suppose ensure that everyone in, inside in that setup wants to play for Cork. For, for first and foremost and has no distractions then there has to be a bright future there definitely um, before we go on to the team uh, Daniel I've got a few I suppose quick fire sort of questions that I ask everyone so um, just the first one here would be apart from apart from home venues in Cork and Crow Park as well where would be your your favourite venue to go play an inter-county game oh um Good question. No, um, I actually like. I, I loved going to Clarny. No, we never got a result there, but um, the pitch is immaculate always, and the the atmosphere is crazy there. And it's usually a warm, sunny day in the middle of summer. It was playing in Clarny was a bit special. Spot on. Uh, next question: There, favorite boots. Uh, you judge from the t-shirt anyway. I'm a predator man, so. <laughs> yeah. um, yeah, all, all predators for me. Uh, I'd say I'd about twenty or thirty pairs from down through the years. So yeah, big predator man. Yeah, I only I only ordered a pair there the day myself. I think they're well, they might be a bit a bit knockoff now, but there's a it's their hair got these days. The good the good predators, the manias and, and boots like that. Yeah, uh, sure. It's, a, it's being at home at the moment. It's a disaster. There's deliveries in in every second day between runners and boots. It's me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, the next question there, I suppose. A, the the All Ireland has to be up there definitely as as the sporting highlight for you. But if you had to pick, apart from the All Ireland, what has been your your highlight in your career? Um, I think we we won the Premier Intermediate uh, Championship at home last year, so we went up senior for the first time. And when I started with my club, Airoak, we were only junior and we hadn't won a game in probably ten or fifteen years. So we've made the jump from junior to to senior. So I suppose. Uh, that final last year was probably extra special and even the buzz around the parish and the 
the few days after celebrating were were top class. Just to go through that that structure, so I, I, like not everyone up this side of the country would know the yeah. way you work it. So you got you got senior, and then is the next one down Premier Intermediate. That was the case till so they've just changed it this year. So now you have senior, senior A, intermediate or senior premier, senior A, intermediate premier, intermediate A, and junior. Right. So there's there's five grades now. So they essentially they split the senior into two because there was too many teams in it. Okay, I see. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, unfortunate for us, probably in one way that if we'd won it the year before, we'd be straight out senior. We'd be playing senior with every team, but we're into senior B this year. And do they senior A, senior A they call it. Do they cross? Does the senior A cross over into the top senior, no. or is it just no? So they're after they're after they're after seeding it. So the top, the top twelve teams from the last uh, five years, they did a kind of a point system. So right. it's all seeded at the, t- the top twelve teams are in the senior premier, and then the next twelve are in the senior senior A. Okay. The next Too many question. clubs. That's the problem. Yeah. How many yeah. does it? I, I remember seeing at the time. Um, it was the time that JP McManus pumped all the money into the club, into the club scene, and there was—I can't remember how much how much he gave to every county, but I think we have twenty-five clubs in Sligo, and then the, whatever money was shared out, it was a lot more than each club got down in Cork. Anyways, it's always it's always a quiz question. I can't even remember. No, it's two hundred and seventy something, as far as I know. It's crazy. Daff. <laughs> yeah, between June, different June. Yeah, it's mental. The the next question there, um, the biggest messer that you've ever come across on a panel? Um, Dunnick O'Connor probably. Um, just always messing really, always getting caught as well. He's not very good at it, but he's uh, he's he's great crack, always has been and um, has provided many laughs. Nolly Lair would be up there as well with him, to be honest. Um, and would they be, would they be more pranksters or pulling the piss out of lads or? Um, no, Lee one day brought a mouse into the dressing room, threw it into Dunnick's bag, uh, and sure we were all up and running, we were all up in the jumping up on top of the the benches, mouse running around the dressing room, uh, that kind of stuff. Generally, just good crack, very positive people, good lads to be around with, and always up for a laugh. Yeah, as it was, yeah, there, were, there was a good camaraderie, I'd imagine, in that group group of lads that probably pay, played from early two thousands to maybe. 2014, 2015. Yeah, th- th- there was in fairness because I suppose we were lucky enough. I came up through minor in 21 with Shieldsy and Paul Kerrigan, Finton Gould, um, all Pat Kelly, all those lads. So we all knew each other for five or six years before we came into the senior. And then you got to play with the likes of Graham, Canty, and Corky, Kassan, Miskell, all these, Nicholas Murphy. They were all super players with unbelievable attitudes and they had a they had a real burning fire to win in all Ireland, like because they had some very bad years, and I suppose it was kind of a blend of kind of I wouldn't say the older lads, but the experienced lads and the younger lads coming in, and do you know what? It, it really hit off, and um, it was one of the best groups I was ever involved in. Sounds good. Uh, the, I have two more questions for you now. The first yeah. one is if you could make one rule change in the GA, uh, what would it be? And I suppose you can change any rules that are going to be in it this year as well. Um, I think one I'd like to see just to, to pull out the blanket is shooting from range. I think maybe if you got two points for a score outside a certain zone, maybe like a three-point zone in, in basketball, something to pull out the, yeah. the, 
the blanket defences a bit and also promote kind of, I suppose, kind of good scores. Distance shooting and stuff like that. Distance shooting, yeah, sorry. Um, and the last question before we move on to your team. Yeah. If there was one player that you wish you could have played with from another county in your career, who would it be? Um, probably Michael Murphy, I'd say. Uh, I just think he's he's incredible to be honest. Um, there's just he just gets on with his job always and always seems to deliver on the big stage. Um, he's been carry not carrying Donegal that's wrong, but started off with Donegal as an eighteen year old and probably was one of the main reasons they won their All Ireland and 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 is why they're so good now. Um, I think there was one year with Glenn Swilly. He. Uh, he sponsored the competition, sponsored the man the match, won the man the match in the final. And yeah. I think they were like four or five to an outsiders. Like he's just he can do it all. And he can play anywhere as well. An unbelievable footballer. Yeah. Um I suppose now, Daniel, we'll move on to your team selection there. So for anyone that hasn't heard or seen the podcast so far, I've asked a few a few footballers over the last month or so to pick a team of players, the best 15 that they've played with uh, and the team has to include themselves in it as well. Now, some players have taken a bit of an exception. I know Barry John Keane there a few weeks ago, he stuck himself at the bench, but the, so, you know, the main thing is you have to try and put yourself into it somewhere. Yeah, I'd have been lucky, I'd have been lucky to make it myself, but I suppose, look, at, you, you told me to throw myself in there, so I did. Yeah, Gary Gary Slice was the same way of thinking. He said he would have taken himself out, but sure. We'll go with it for now it is. Um no, there's yeah, been some yeah. there's been some good teams so far. We've had I've had Matty Donnelly on and Maddie's pulled out some good a good team, Barry John Keane, Joe Sheridan. There's been some good teams now, so I just look yeah. at the one you've named here and uh, yours will definitely be up there as well. So if you want to start off there, Daniel, with where you put yourself in the team. Yeah, well I put myself in the only place I've probably played with Cork, so I put myself at thirteen. Corner forward, um, so that, that was the start off. Uh, would have would have been in and out of the team over the years with uh, Colm O'Neill as well. Um, so I put Colm at fourteen. <laughs> Spot on. So uh, we'll go back to back to the goals number one spot there. Yeah, uh, Alan Cork. I went with there from Cork. So um, there'll be a common thread of Cork lads running through this team. Bar a couple. So. Yeah. yeah, super keeper. Um, uh, really felt for him in 2007 um, when we conceded three goals in the All Ireland final. But like, just the character of the man he is, the way he bo- he bounced back. I don't think he made a mistake um, after that game. Even though he didn't make too many mistakes that game, it was just two of the goals were freaking nature. To be honest, they never happen again. And uh, I think never put a foot wrong after that and just showed what what a leader he is. Exactly, and he's had he had probably what fourteen, fifteen year career probably with Cork, and you'd see some yeah. teams. I, I I know like Galway, especially in the last few years, you, you might have a rotation of goalkeepers and that. How important is it to have that the same keeper, or even it could be any position on the field, but the voice of the goalkeeper, like Cluxton has been for Dublin. How important is it to have that player in that position for for that long? Yeah, I think I think the biggest thing about your goalkeeper is he has to be a calming influence. Because I suppose he's as much impact on the game as as any player does. He's probably touching the ball more than anyone with the kickouts and how important they are for setting up your attacks. And I suppose we were lucky with Alan and Paddy O'Shea, who deputised for Alan and Ken O'Halloran. Did they, they were all very solid lads, and they all bought into 
the game plan and had their kickouts down to a tee and I suppose Corky just had that bit of maturity and confidence about him all the time and I suppose he reassured all the backs around him. Spot on. Well, go on to your full back line there, Daniel, then. Yeah, I went to Anthony Lynch from Cork. Um, was unlucky not to be on the team in 2010, just uh, injuries kind of caught him in 2010. Um, super defender. Um, just uh, really prided himself in defending and, and was really good on the ball too and um, hated Mark him in training. Uh, Michael Shields then was full back. Um, played with him all, all, since I was under 16 um, kind of a really really good footballer an underrated footballer he was um, on the ball but like an, an absolute dog of a dog of a defender he just never got the better of him and I'd say any forward that marked him really earned their scores um, yeah. uh, the last man I went for then was Johnny McCarthy from Limerick um, would have played with him in the Railway Cup and played against him um, obviously against Limerick at under 21 and senior level um, uh, another really really tough defender um, really tight really fast um, kind of looked like a big strong man but was really agile and could never get anything easy off him and you're actually the second man to put him into a team as well Joe Sheridan yeah. had him in there a few weeks ago yeah he's um, a serious, serious underrated operator and he'd have walked on any intercounty team I think we'll go on to the, the half back line then Daniel yeah, so I suppose uh, I went with Noli Leary, Graham Canty and Paddy Kassan. Um, I suppose I qualified that you could throw John Miskela uh, in there as well in place of any of them really. Um, Bar Graham, I suppose you couldn't. Graham wouldn't let you, wouldn't let you take him over the team anyway. <laughs> um, but yeah, like they were the driving force behind our Cork team. They were phenomenal athletes, uh, phenomenal leaders. Phenomenal footballers, um, just uh, great, great lads and great for them. I suppose um, Graham was our captain for years, and was uh, was an unbelievable captain. Um, just kind of taught everything. Um, never did anything to upset the balance of the team. Um, let us take the reins on different aspects of it. Does need to be pulled in line. He just. Super captain, obviously an amazing footballer. Um, I think the biggest thing I always think about Graham is he went down to Australia a couple of times and sorted Barry Hall. And like when you think of all the Australian rules lads that couldn't sort him, yet Graham could do it. Like and yeah. phenomenal player. And uh, then the other three lads were just, I suppose, obviously Noli. There's a bit of euphoria around Noli and the crack with Galvin, but like yeah, super yeah. defender. And even 2010 in. Um, the all in final, like he totally shut down Marty Clark, like kept him scoreless, I think, and pawed in. And Miss Clare were just great attacking players and um, all kind of ultimate pro- professionals and probably ahead of their time for the way they trained. Spot on. Um, I suppose, yeah, we'll just keep it rolling. We'll go on to go on yeah. to the field then. Yeah, so uh, Nicholas Murphy from Cork as well um, would have been of the lads' vintage, would have been around the same era as Graham and. Uh, Noli, super footballer, unbelievable in the air. Um, had crazy battles with Darrow O'Shea always. And uh, again, another fella that was probably 27 or 8 and won nothing. And yeah, came out with probably three or four national leagues in All Ireland and a load of monsters. And um, also a really good footballer, was very dangerous to full forward as well when he was in there. Um, 
another kind of great great pro. Um, then obviously Moira midfielders Michael Murphy. I've talked about him already. Um, mm. Probably don't need to go into it again, but played with him in the international rules in ten, 2010, and I just remember thinking, look at him. He came on. He wasn't getting his game in in either game, but he came on the second game and he nearly beat Australia on his own. He was he was incredible. I was just thinking this fellow's different gravy. And just going on to that international rules, did you, how did you enjoy that yourself? The the changeover. Um, I wouldn't say well, it was the most suited. It didn't suit my style of play. The old uh, lazy corner forward. Um, <laughs> I enjoyed it though. It was uh, it was different, but um, the pace of it was just crazy. Like and. Um, if the ball didn't stick, you're you're in trouble. Like as an inside guy, especially, and I suppose that's why that's why Michael Murphy was he came on full forward in there in both games, and that's why he was so good in there. The ball would just stick, and he'd win his mark. Um, probably, I really enjoyed it, uh, but uh, I couldn't see myself making a career down there. <laughs> <laughs> Is it just? Do you feel like I think there's a few people that are that are saying that the the way the rules are changed in the GA with the inside mark and that we're nearly yeah. going to be watching an All-Ireland in 15-20 years' time that is going to be a replica of the International Rules Series. Yeah, I'd just be, I'd just be, be a small bit worried how much they change the rules um, and, and why they're changing them. Um, like, I don't know, this is my view that some of the rules are nearly brought in to, cha- to help beat Dublin. Like, and I don't, I don't know, is that the right way to approach it either? Um, I think any good team will adapt to the rules and if they're generally one of the better teams in the country with whatever rule they're going to be one of the better te- teams in the country with the next rule that comes in um, look we'll see how it plays out I, I, I'd like to stop the tinkering with all the rules to be honest with you I didn't find too much wrong with it the, the way it was and yeah. I suppose it's, be- it's becoming harder for referees to manage and um, it's gonna, I think it's going to cause problems at club level um, definitely yeah uh, especially the referees probably won't have the the level of um, experience of dealing with all of this um, and no, or especially this year are going to have to do it in a very quick time frame so I wish they'd probably slow down the, the tinkering with the rules a small bit Yeah like there's there's the whole thing with the black hair that's one rule that that's, that's, they're constantly changing and probably just constantly changing the fine print in it of what you can and can't do in the field. Yeah. But thing is, does, does the game really need changing in, in terms of the inside marks? And like there was that rule they tried to bring in, I don't know, was it last year, or the year before, where you could only have, was it three hand passes in a row or something? Yeah, it's just, and I think, is there a sideline you can't kick it backwards? It's just, it's like, if you, mm. I, I was watching, again, I come back, I was watching that 2017 final. Like, that was an unbelievable game of football. Mm. Um, like one of the most enjoyable games you'll see and I think the problem is there's such a gulf between some of the teams in the lower divisions and the top divisions the lower teams have to resort to blanket defences and playing way more defensive and the rules aren't going to change that yeah. the only the only thing that's going to change that is that every team is playing at their own level um, and I know there's been kind of for and against the All-Ireland series but if there was two an A and a B championship or a second championship, you'd be fully sure that it'd be way more competitive. And it's like, I think, I think there's more benefit out of that. Um, like that's even why Cork now have changed the, the structure below that. Like there were some teams in the senior grade that were never going to win it, but no, there'll be a senior B championship and have probably a good chance of winning that. And yeah, all you want to do, all you want to do is play competitive games. That's what, that's what it's about. Yeah. Cause you can even see it in the way they do it in the LGFA and even the hurling as well. to have their own, yeah. their own different, um, different divisions and stuff and it, it gives even up here like you know the Sligo Sligo having one in football in, in 10 years or so 
but the hurlers are winning are winning championships back to back, and even in Leitrim, Leitrim are winning hurling championships and stuff. So it's good to yeah. it's good for counties to get a bit of a bit of silverware and a bit of competitiveness. Yeah, and luckily I haven't been on. Well, I have been on the receiving end of a few humiliating defeats where you get absolutely hammered out the gate. But unfortunately, for some counties, when they come up against the the top five or six in in the country, they're go, they're going to get that year on year out and. Yeah, like some you're seeing games now in Leinster. It's a moral victory to not lose by ten points, and like there, there's no, there's no fun in that either. Yeah, it's more of a thing of to see how little we can concede instead of seeing yeah. how much how much we can yeah. score. Whereas if if you're playing a team that's at your own at your own level or within some range of your own level, you're going to play it to your strengths then, as opposed to play it to stopping another team from playing. Exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah, we'll keep going with the team there. I know we kind of we kind of went on top of it there for a minute, oh, but sure. No panic. No harm. Uh, yeah, you're 10, 11, 12 there. Yeah, so this would have been nearly the All-Ireland final 10, 11, 12. So you'd have Kieran Sheehan from my own club. Um, gifted footballer, uh, gifted all-rounder, was good hurler, went to play Aussie rules. Um, could have made it at soccer or rugby either, I'd say. Just a really talented guy and... A uh, good friend of mine, um, missed him a lot over the last couple of years when he was Australia and uh, lucky enough he came back a month before the county final this year and he got a, he got a played quarter of an the final made a big contribution and um, really good talent and uh, was a huge loss to Cork at the time uh, when he went away. Mm. Um, the next then was Pat Kelly. Um, Pirlo Kelly, he calls himself for some reason. Um, Great, great player, savage balance, great kick passer. Um, uh, his movement was outstanding. Um, you know, always seemed to have space in the ball. Uh, kind of a quarterback at centre forward. Um, we always slag him. He didn't score much though. Uh, but yeah, made made the cock kind of forward line tick. Um, and then the other, uh, the other wing then was Paul Kerrigan. Um, I suppose nearly, I was saying there's a couple of lads in that team and a couple of lads in the sub. Nearly everything I've won, I've played with all these lads at inter-county level and even in CIT and yeah. yes, minor in 21. So he was one of them. Um, I've been playing with Paul again since I was 16. Um, crazy professional. Absolutely adores the game. Still playing it now when all the, all the other lads his age are gone. Um, just after a kid and, and is still going hard and has been incredible for Nemo as well all through the years. Um, just the pace and... Uh, killer instinct he has he's just a, a serious footballer spot on and as you said there like especially Paul Kerrigan the way he can year in year out Nemo or always on that on the uh, what one of the last club teams I suppose to finish up in the country they get yeah. that bit further than everyone else to, to still be playing it's 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 unbelievable to still be playing yeah after, it is yeah. after all them years take that much taken on your body like yeah, absolutely, and like he really minds himself, you know. You like, and it's all, it's down to hard work that he's still playing, like, and nothing else. Spot on. You've said there, you've got yourself a number thirteen, and there's two men inside with you. Yeah, we we didn't get enough opportunities, in my humble opinion, to play uh, this full forward line together. So it was myself, uh, Colm O'Neill, and Dunica. Um, I don't know, was it because myself and Colm were always seen as being lazy, so they'd only play one of us. Right. Uh, <laughs> But uh, yeah, like the two lads, um, like Cullum is gifted, gifted footballer, um, off both feet, uh, makes everything look so easy and like 
what he's gone through with all his injuries, um, come back from three cruciates, like, and injuries still finished him. And he's still playing in goal with his club, Ballyclaw. Like, he just, uh, just a great bit of stuff, great attitude, always positive. Um, and just, uh, like, an out and out baller. Yeah. Um, another, another gas ticket, actually. Um, uh, really good fella. And, uh, the other then is Dunica, obviously. Um, I was remember I was going up for trials with Dunica. Dunica would have been a bit older than me, and he was like, yeah, "I'd like to make the if I made the panel." Uh, I just, I didn't really know Dunica at the time. We went up from CIT together. If I, if I made the panel, I'd be happy. Like uh, he'd never played minor and been a sub at twenty one with Cork, and I was thinking, "Jesus lad, uh, look at him. He's skinny." Next thing I know, it's like he played the whole national league that year, started the monster final, and never looked back. Like just, I think yeah. what set Dunica apart was his movement. Um, his movement is ridiculous. Uh, He's just constantly going and he's really intelligent in his runs, a uh, really intelligent footballer. Uh, again, can kick off both feet and uh, was always a man for the big day, loved, loved the big occasion um, and dug us out of a lot of holes. So, uh, so that, was, that was the team I went with. Spot on. That's your 15 there. And uh, yeah. I suppose a few, just a few more bits and pieces um, in terms of a captain, if you had to pick one for the team. Yeah, Graham, I suppose. Graham Canty. Um, I suppose Michael Murphy would probably be up there too um, if I had more dealings with him. But yeah, uh, Graham was a, a phenomenal captain. Um, Michael Shields, in fairness, who stepitized him, then he was vice captain and he was brilliant too. But I think Graham just had that extra bit about him, you know, just uh, let let his actions do the talking. And yeah, uh, didn't speak a huge amount, but when he did speak, like like you listened and uh, led by example on and off the pitch um, yeah so I'll go I'll go with Graham um, I think it's something that I've, I've seen in nearly all the teams that lads have done up over the last while there's a lot of names a lot of big names in the teams um, and then when you say it, go to name a captain sometimes the captain jumps out with them straight away sometimes it doesn't but there's so many fellas on the team leaders in their own certain way you know? Yeah, abs- absolutely. And um, like, I think the days are gone of beating down doors and you know, roaring and shouting. It's it's all about applying yourself. And I suppose the biggest thing for any team is to take the the egos out of it and put put the team ahead of yourself. And like that's why Dublin are so good at the moment. That's what they do. They don't tolerate egos. And I think we we had that to a certain extent as well. Like like Graham would always put the team ahead of himself. Um, mm-hmm. and like even I have a subs bench there as well and any of the Cork lads and that that I played with um, they were the same like you could pick a captain out of most of those Cork lads they were, they were all about the team and that's that, that's half the battle when you're trying to win things I said Daniel that's spot on um, for anyone who is anyone who is listening on Spotify I'll just call out the team for you there again so Daniel's my 15 there Alan Quark and goals Anthony Lynch Michael Shields and Johnny McCarthy in the full back line Noel O'Leary, Graham Canty and Paddy Kassan, half-back line. Michael Murphy and Nicholas Murphy in midfield. Kieran Sheehan, Pat Kelly and Paul Kerrigan. Daniel Goulding, Colin O'Neill and Donnick O'Connor. Daniel, thanks a million for joining me. Thanks very much. Take care. Here's now. Um, Take care. So yeah, this will be up on Spotify tonight actually and then YouTube. Hopefully tonight YouTube, but uh, definitely tomorrow anyways. So, um, Perfect. Yeah, spot on. Thanks a million. Go, man. Thanks for that. Take care. Uh, Come on. Cheers. Good luck. Cheers. Bye-bye.